I don't know about you, but fall is my favorite season. Now, I'm fortunate enough to live in New England, which is by far the greatest place to be this time of year. It's just apple everything and pumpkin everything. It's just amazing. You can go to local farmer's markets and get amazing apple cider donuts. We even have this place near us that makes these apple cider slushies that are so good. And I just love being able to go apple picking. And this is the time of year that Jared and I annually make our famous apple oat cookies. And I just love everything about this time of year. I love how gorgeous all the trees look. You know, I was looking out at those trees and how gloriously beautiful they are. And I started thinking about how much beauty there is this time of year. But while there's so much beauty, there's a death that is going on. These leaves are changing color, but they're going to die and they're going to fall off the tree. Yet they're so beautiful. And it started making me think about how there truly are things that are beautiful even when they're broken or they're dying. I really have just been meditating on this thought. So you know what? I think that's what we should talk about today. Hey friends, I'm Cassie. And I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. So I have just been thinking about this a lot. You know, I, I think there is some truth to things being beautiful even when they're broken. But there are also some things that are broken, and I'm not sure if we're ever going to know, at least here on Earth, what purpose that served or the good that comes from it. Don't worry. You know that I am not a fan of positivity prescriptions, and I don't plan on giving one to you today. I do, though, want to discuss how there are some things that are beautiful and turn out for the good. I mean, think of the spring. It would be sad to just have these leaves that all withered away in fall and winter and then nothing ever grew back. I mean, there would be no good in that. But there's something beautiful about when springtime comes. And all the leaves start growing again. And it's just confirmation that God is still making things new. Right before our very own eyes, he is making things new. And there is good that comes from that. But I, as you know, I just said, I also think that there are times that I don't know what good is going to come from certain things. For instance, when I stop dancing or, you know, actually with the goal of going anywhere with it when I was 16. For a little while, I didn't want to move forward at all. Because let alone, I didn't even want to just imagine or have to not only imagine, but live out a life that didn't include that future. 
And I really sat there for a while and I believe that it was very important that I did and I didn't rush into anything and I took my time to grieve that loss. But I just remember sitting down and just being like, I don't want to move forward if my life can't look like how I imagined it. I would tend to bet that at some point you have felt the same way. And then of course, you know, out of something so horrible, I ended up coaching and all the things happened and that was amazing. And there was so much good that came from those years of training. They were not wasted. And so I moved into that. Then I got to where I am today. I successfully ran and owned a clinic and loved every minute of it. Worked with amazing physical therapists on our team and just people in general. We had so many great people involved. And I learned a lot of lessons from lots of mistakes and all those things. But I loved it. Then that dream had to end too. So I look at what happened when I was 16. And I see now how much good came out of that situation. So much good. I mean, I was able to do things I never would have been able to do if I had just been focused on my own career. It was a blessing to get to mentor and train so many young women, and I loved that. So now I look back and I see there was so much good that came out of that career ending. But I look at now where I am not working anymore. And I look at it, you know, for the first couple months when we made the decision that we were going to officially for good close, I felt that exact same way that I did when I was 16. I didn't want to move forward and imagine, to alone live, a life without that part of me. I don't know yet what good is coming from that. Now, there are certain things that I think about and... I say, well, this happened or this happened and that was good. And, you know, I think that if I was so focused on my career and just working in general, I don't think that Jared and I would be married right now. I do think we'd be together, but I don't think that we would have pushed to get married and move forward. I think I I don't think I would be living a life as close to Jesus I would not have made so many amazing friends through the chronic illness community. But as I sit here right now, yes, I've gotten to the point where I can imagine and live my life without off-season training, but I don't think that I'm able to say, well, here was all the good that came out of it. So I don't think that something amazing like what happened the first time where I ended up opening a business and all of that. I didn't, I don't think that had to happen, but there is one thing that is absolutely beautiful about this time around compared to when I was 16. When I was 16, I walked away from Jesus. I wanted nothing to do with him. I was so upset. I was so angry. And this time I was upset. Oh, I was so upset. I was angry, but I chose to experience those emotions in his word while spending time with him. I didn't shy away from it. I went directly to him 
with all of my emotions. And what's so amazing about God is that he welcomes our brokenness. He really started teaching me this lesson. So I I had read a quote or maybe a friend sent it to me during this time. I truly don't know what, but the quote had just said that if God is uprooting you, it's so that he can plant you in some place better. And I really loved that and it was very encouraging, but also very like cliche and it was just on my mind and I started thinking about how like seeds grow. So as you know, I'm very into succulents and I love my plants, but I'm still learning about plants that aren't succulents. I'm very good with succulents, repropagating, all that stuff. But like plants and flowers, those are not my specialty. So I am definitely learning and growing. And this past year, Mara and I had planted some seeds. And for me, none of mine survived after like three months. And I started thinking about why some of mine didn't do as well, whereas Mara has two left, but granted out of like the 25 we did, that are doing really, really amazing. I was thinking about how next year I plan on planting them and growing them in the sunroom rather than in my front room. This was a thought that came to me. When a seed grows, it doesn't have any control over where I put it. Whether I put it in the front room, in the sunroom, outside, upstairs, doesn't matter. It has to go wherever I put it. It can't just decide, oh, that windowsill is so much better than where I'm sitting. Let me just uproot myself and go plant myself over there. Our plants can't do that. They are planted wherever we plant them. Even if another spot appears better, they can't do anything about it. All that seed can do is to keep growing and surviving to the best of its ability until either the surroundings improve or the gardener moves them. As you can kind of see, and you know about me by now, I love my garden references. I do think about seeds and plants a lot. It's really shaped my faith over the past year. So I do think about my seeds a lot. And then it made me think about me. And it made me think about how sometimes I think I know what's best. And I believe that what I think is best is best. But my definition of best is not always God's definition. For instance, one of the reasons I did not put my plants out in the sunroom this year is because I knew that if it gets too hot and I forget to open the windows they will all be roasted. And then again, I have no seeds. So this year, instead of creating more of a balance, I just put them in one place. And I'm sure that if just by looking and nothing else, and hypothetically, this is all hypothetical, I do understand that plants don't have thoughts and emotions and all of that. So just so you know, I'm not crazy. (laughs) Um... But hypothetically, if my plant on the windowsill I had them was able to see the sunroom, just by looking, they would probably go, wow, why hasn't Cassie moved us there? That would be so better. And here's all the reasons why. And we do that as people. We look at somebody else's situation 
or something they have that we don't, and it appears to be better, there's probably 100% a reason God hasn't moved you or he hasn't moved me. I truly believe that's because when he looks at things, he sees like that if I had put my plants out in the sunroom, but had forgotten about them for a day or didn't open the windows, they would all die. And I knew that. So I didn't place them in there specifically for that reason. And I'm sure that there are times that God's he so desperately wants us to be happy and experience the life he had originally intended for us. But with that being said, he also knows beyond our understanding that even if a situation looks like it would have been perfect, that doesn't always mean that it will be perfect in the long run. And what we think is best could really hurt us when push comes to shove. So in that, I do think there are times he keeps us from things that we desperately want because he knows that they would do so much harm in the long run. Despite all of that, brokenness still hurts. Things not turning out the way we planned hurts. People disappoint us and that hurts. So it all comes back to, okay, God, how do I be content in this? How do I see beauty in what has been broken? One of the ways that I think of it is like a mosaic. I once had somebody come up to me at a conference and we were chatting and they asked me how I would describe my faith. And I kind of gave a really generic, very Christian pastor's kid kind of answer because I didn't know what to say. I really didn't because I had never really thought about it. As you know, I am a deep thinker and I just started really kind of being like, well, what does my faith feel like and look like and how would I describe it? And I just started looking back on my life, seeing how many dreams had been broken, relationships that have fallen apart, just disappointments after disappointments. And I decided and kind of coined the phrase that I have a mosaic-like faith. A mosaic is gorgeous, but you can't make a mosaic without broken pieces. Can't do it. The pieces have to be broken in order to put something like that together. That is what my faith has been like. And, you know, as you and I get to know one another better, you know, you will witness my mosaic-like faith. And along with, you know, the setbacks that have turned my life into a mosaic, rather than the perfect picture that I had planned. I never intended my picture to fall off the wall and break into a thousand pieces. And I'm sure you didn't expect that either. As I look at everything that has been broken, there has been restoration piece by piece by piece. And now I'm never going to have the picture look exactly like I wanted because originally it was perfect. There were no shattered pieces, no glue and cement holding it together, no tape, which I joke about because I have to tape a bunch of my joints. So I literally am held together by tape. So it makes sense that my faith is, but in all seriousness, you know, I love what my mosaic looks like now. 
I would not have this kind of a relationship with God had I not been through all these things. Let's be real. I also wouldn't be talking to you if he hadn't broken the pictures of that that beautiful picture in my mind of what my life was supposed to look like. I'm not going to you know, say, oh, if I could go back, I would never want anything to change because I, I don't like to play that game. But what I can ultimately say is that I love Jesus and I firmly believe that every piece he has broken, he has put back together with joy and with contentment and gratitude and praise But I will always wrestle with the fact that there are certain pieces that didn't get put back up with the mosaic. Me being able to walk out of the house as of right now is a piece that is not a part of my mosaic. Being able to dance and coach and work, for now that's not a part of that mosaic. I will still grieve those broken pieces, the things that have fallen off that God has not chosen to restore. And I so wish I had some amazing thing to say about how losing my business and the ability to work has just changed my whole life. And here's why it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm not sure that I'm ever going to feel that way or that I'm going to understand it. But all I know right now is what God has chosen to show me. And what he has shown me is he is amazing. And he wants a relationship with me. Somebody who is broken and has pieces falling off and is doubtful and hurting. He still wants me. And I want him. He has just been continually revealing his heart to me over this past year. Really six months. I cannot believe the type of relationship I have with him. And I know for sure, if I was working all the time, I would not make the time because I'm not going to say I wouldn't have the time because we can always make time for the things that are important to us. But I definitely don't think I would make the time to spend the just amount of energy and attention I put into my time with God every day. And that is something beautiful that has come from something broken I happen to be reading through Romans and what's kind of neat about this. So I grew up using mainly the NIV translation of the Bible and I've been branching out reading other versions and I really like the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. And there was a piece in Romans 8.28 that I want to share with you because it just hit me so deeply. And I'm going to actually read 28 through 30. And it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according for his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself, And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. This is a verse that is kind of, I think, sometimes slapped on situations as like a quick fix of being like, well, everything's going to work out because God is good and it's going to work out. And I, I do believe that, but I also don't always think that's the best response 
to somebody who's really broken and hurting. And what I love, though, that's different in this translation is that in verse 29, it says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. We know that Jesus was distraught before going to the cross. And he goes up to pray and he begs God to take away the suffering that he is going to be experiencing. And God said no. And I'm sure that had Jesus been a human, he would have run as far away from God as possible in anger, in frustration, and fear. But he wasn't like us because he was still God. And Jesus went through with it. He went through with surreal amounts of suffering because that was what God called him to. And he knew, he knew for sure because he's God, he knows. And Jesus knew that what was going to be so painful for him was going to impact the whole world for forever and restore our ability to go into heaven. And I just love that piece of the verse because you know what? He's chosen you and he's chosen me to become more like Jesus which means whether you have a chronic illness or not, you're going to face suffering. You are going to face hardships and disappointments and brokenness. And God knew this in advance. But he chose you and me to have the opportunity to become more like Jesus. And that just blows my mind. So the beauty in what's broken, we may not always be able to see clearly. But he promises here that when we love him and we do what he has called us to do, and that calling can be hard. That calling isn't always good things. You know, and a calling isn't just, oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, I've been called to be a missionary over in Asia, or whatever it is, that's not just what he calls us to. There are times that he calls us to grieve. He calls us to let go of a chapter of our lives. He has called us to surrender our dreams to him. And he promises that when we do the things that we're called to do, And as I said, it can be anything. He's called you to do your job. He's called you to love your family. He has called you to take care of your body. All of these different things. When we do what he has called us to do, no matter how easy or hard that may be, that everything will work together for his glory and goodness. How exciting is that? 
we are invited to partake in that. And someday in heaven, I've got a lot of questions for God. And I fully intend to have him answer some of the whys that I have. But either way, what greater calling has he given me than to be more like Jesus? So friends, if we think back to our seeds, seeds that can't move anywhere unless the gardener moves them, no matter where you have been called to grow or where you're sprouting, It doesn't matter if it looks the same as mine or as your pastor's or anybody else. All that matters is that you are growing good things and that when God moves you to just know that it is your job to keep growing, surviving, and worshiping him to the best of your ability until either the circumstances around you change or he moves you. And I want to also point out that sometimes the move isn't physical. He may just move our hearts to change our attitude. He's not always going to physically change the situation. But if you let him, he will change your heart. So I want to I wanna encourage you today to embrace your mess and your mosaic-like faith. Don't hide it because it's fallen off the wall a bunch of times and it's broken and it's barely being held together because it's beautiful. Every piece that goes back into that mosaic is a testament of God's faithfulness and the strength that he has given you. And it's also okay if as you and I are chatting right now, you feel like you can't keep building something new. And what the most amazing thing about that is, is that you don't, you don't have to keep building something new because he will. It is so powerful to be able to say, Lord, my strength is not enough. I cannot pick up another piece and put it back into this picture and saying, Lord, I don't want to pick any of it up. If I can't have any, if I can't have all of it, I don't want any of it. And if you're feeling that way, know that I am praying so heavily for you and for your mosaic like faith. And that as painful as it's going to be for him to put certain pieces back and throw other pieces out. Welcome him into your brokenness. 
allow him to be present there for it. Because remember, he didn't intend for any of this to happen. The garden initially was sin-free, pain-free, but life isn't like that anymore. So just like we're not living the life we imagined and intended to, we're also not living the lives that technically we were intended to live. But he's still right by our side, even in our sin and our mess and our mistakes. He's right there. And he is willing to meet us where we're at. He is willing to help us keep moving forward and to be content with where we are. So don't stop grieving. Work through everything you have to work through, no matter how long that takes. And he will honor your perseverance. Remember, he knows his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. We're going to just become more and more like Jesus every single time that picture falls off the wall and we have, whether we have the strength or we use his strength to put it back up on the wall, let him put the pieces back that he chooses and let the rest go. And I know that saying it is so much easier than doing it. And I am right in the thick of it with you. So as we come to a close on our wonderful time together, as always, I want to leave you with a quote that has spoken so deeply to me in this season as I grieve my own loss and I grieve the pieces that have fallen out of my picture. So here's what I'm going to leave you with. If you feel like you're losing everything, remember that trees lose their leaves every year and they still stand tall and wait for better days to come. Let's be like those trees. Where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair.